two dudes, one microphone, absolutely zero calves. Welcome to Team No Calves Radio with your hosts, Ali and Adam. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode seven of Team No Calves Radio with your hosts, myself, Ollie Carson, and of course, Adam Boy Brown. Adam, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Um, so with this week's topic, um, what we wanted to do was speak about extreme weight loss. Um, I don't know about yourself, but I've been getting quite a lot of questions lately um, from not only clients, um, but also across social media from people asking how quickly they should lose weight um, and you know whether an extreme weight loss approach is ever a good thing and, and kind of what my thoughts are on it. So we thought be a great idea to do a whole podcast on that as you know there's plenty we can talk about with it um and uh i think what we should do really just to start with is is speak about the you know what actually defines extreme weight loss so from my perspective um i would be looking as an extreme weight loss being you can look at it into two sort of categories and we can look at it as a percentage of our weight lost um of our body weight loss per week so i would say anything above about two percent of your body weight per week so for a 150-pound individual, you're looking at about three pounds per week um, or more. And uh, if we were to look at it as in terms of like calories below maintenance for sort of our deficit, I would say like anything like 40% or more below our, our maintenance levels of calories um, would be what I would kind of, a kind of strategy that I would set up for like an extreme weight loss approach. So that's kind of the how I would define extreme weight loss because obviously without a definition it can be hard to know um, you know what we're talking about yeah definitely I think context is always incredibly important because to many with not much understanding on this sort of matter um, those are just numbers and figures and may even be numbers and figures that they would strive for and wouldn't even consider as extreme mm. but when we take into consideration things like uh, you know a general recommended rate of fat loss in a in a kind of standard setup of a dieting phase You'll probably be looking at anywhere between 0.5 to 1.5 percent of body weight drop per week being at the upper end and obviously that's a, a bit of a sliding scale depending on how much fat mass you have to lose from from the beginning and so it is very good to put those numbers side by side and just see exactly um, what it is that constitutes as what what we would call an extreme weight loss so mm. yeah definitely what what would you say the kind of main concerns are um, if you was to enter in a an extreme weight loss, mm-hmm. I mean the first one that I would think would be adherence straight away because we know adherence underpins um, anything when it comes to our nutritional approach and you know our approach to how how much we want to stick to uh, our diet and and our training um, and so obviously the the more we uh, increase our deficit, the lower we take calories, um, the harder it's going to be obviously to. Uh, to stay at that rate for a prolonged period of time in order to to see results um, you know so obviously the the less calories you're taking in um, the less motivation you're probably going to have to stay at that kind of uh, suffering for a prolonged period of time really yeah I think it will definitely be worth later running the podcast and um, we should sort of tap into some of the practical applications of something like an extreme weight loss and how you might implement it um, successfully in a way that, like you say, you can be adherent and, and stick with it for a good amount of time to, to yield the results that you're after. Um, and I think another thing that we should also be um, mindful of with these extreme weight loss protocols is is definitely muscle tissue loss, but perhaps not to the extent that we, we, we may think. So if you'd like to just touch on um, muscle loss and 
actually is it a really big factor that we should be considering in extreme weight mm. loss? I think when it comes down to it, um, you've got to look at the individual in terms of, first of all, in terms of is it actually important that this person is maintaining mm. their full amount of muscle mass? Yeah. Um, for perhaps a, uh, a lady who's come to me and, and she just wants to you know, look a little bit or feel a little bit better in her clothes, um, she doesn't have a huge amount of muscle mass already built mm. um, and she has a goal end date which is you know not too far in the future in reality I'm not going to be too worried about whether they perhaps lose a little bit of muscle tissue you know that they may not even realize is there anyway yeah. you see what I mean um, so it's going to be very individual dependent um, certainly larger individuals um, so you know I'd be looking at sort of 30% body fat plus um, are not going to be at risk of it really that much um, you know they've got a lot of body fat to pull from and putting them in an extreme deficit they've, they've still got a lot of energy that they can tap into mm. within their body fat that they don't need to start tapping into muscle tissue um, I'm sure you've probably seen it as much as I have with working with people where performance increases have gone up week to week despite yeah. the fact they've been in a large deficit and they've been losing a large amount of, of weight each week now would they be getting those performance increases if they're losing a large amount of muscle mass? I, mm. I very much doubt it. Yeah. Um, and usually you can kind of see it anyway. You can see, you know, how the body is changing. So, you know, that's two examples there. You know, if someone who muscle mass lost, does it really even matter? Mm. Um, and then slightly larger individuals uh, as well. Um, in terms of the actual like research that's done on that, obviously I love a good study. Um, there's one that Martin McDonald points to quite often, um, which is uh, groups that were put in a quite a aggressive deficit. So their deficit of um, calories below maintenance was about 40% each week. And um, they, alongside a, a kind of good resistance training program, I think they put them through, I think it was, it was eight to 12 weeks, it might be 12 weeks. Um, and, and just saw how much muscle mass had been lost over the, the course of those weeks. And in reality, it was very minimal, if anything. Um, the, you know, when you, you pair together adequate protein and uh, a good training program, it's sometimes not as severe as people think. However, mm -hmm. obviously, um, we want to be, you know, we want to kind of guard against muscle mass loss as much as we can. And I think it might be a good idea for you to talk about really, um, especially with the kind of clientele that we work with, um, why actual risking muscle mass loss more than we need to is perhaps not always the best thing. Yeah, so obviously the kind of examples there that you gave of individuals who might not be overly concerned with the loss of tissue, um, you know, they're kind of just general population people who want to look a little bit better, fit into their clothes a bit better and drop some weight quickly. And so there's not a massive emphasis on retaining as much lean tissue as possible. But when you're working with guys who are looking to step on stage or do a photo shoot, or are just generally really concerned about their overall body composition, then we do need to take into consideration the retention of as much tissue as possible or lean tissue. And so um, there might be some things that we need to take into account when we, we look at an extreme weight loss and in particular where the deficit is so extreme. So you're talking about, you know, 40% below maintenance. Um, we need to be mindful of things like training performance going down. Um, mm -hmm. And that in turn will, will surely, um, give us issues with the retention of muscle tissue. So um, it's it's certainly something that you could still apply to these people, um, but it would have to be done very, very well. Um, and you would have to, you'd have to kind of play it by ear in that 
if performance was going down dramatically and they couldn't occur as much volume as they as they should be with their mm-hmm. training, then it might be a case of stepping away from that sort of protocol to, to fat loss. Yeah. Um, can you think of any like um, examples of times when you may use an extreme weight loss approach with a, a comp prep client, um, maybe at particular times or? Yeah, well, well, definitely. I mean, um, Eric Helms is massive on that kind of early on in the prep, first two, three, sometimes even four weeks of a dieting phase, um, using a a much more severe uh, caloric deficit because, you know, adherence is incredibly high. The Mm -hmm. individual is very motivated at the beginning of a prep. Their hunger levels and signaling is quite low, so they're not going to struggle so much with the extreme diet. They have excess fat tissue to to pull from to get Mm -hmm. energy from and so you can get away with that extreme approach to your your deficit but like i said as the the process goes a lot goes on you need to be a bit more mindful of training performance and and making sure that you're getting the most out of that individual i think what you you said quite well there was like in terms of it's a short-term approach Mm. so what typically a lot of people who will do an extreme weight loss approach is is they'll uh, adapts the extreme weight loss so the fast loss but then they'll actually also do that over an extended period of time mm. um, the whole point of if you're going to do a, a fast weight loss it needs to be a shorter duration that you spend in it mm. you know you can't um, obviously just keep hammering yourself with a, a massive deficit for a, a prolonged period of time you know your your energy levels are going to really suffer your hunger levels are going to come up quite considerably um, and uh, obviously your training will, will suffer as a result of that. And, you know, if you, ha- if you have a, a deficit, which is huge for far too long, then you are going to start risking muscle mass loss. Certainly, I would, I would you know, really um, think that would be the case, certainly. Um, so obviously we've spoken about there in terms of like uh, the, the muscle tissue loss and things like that. Now, in terms of like um, sustainability and adherence, obviously I spoke about earlier how it can be difficult to stick to a dieting approach if you are in a, a really big, um, really big deficit. Can you think of times when actually motivation would be increased just from seeing these these quicker results? Yeah, certainly. Um, it's very good for getting you know if you're looking at a coach client um, relationship, it's a great way of getting buy-in from an individual. Um, so. If you've got somebody who has got a lot of weight to lose and you implement something like we're talking about here with that extreme caloric deficit and the weight starts flying off them, they're going to, you know, all of a sudden be praising your name and, and, yeah. and sticking to everything that you say going forwards because you've you've allowed them to buy into your ideas and your methodolo- methodology. So mm. um, there's definitely a place for it, for sure. Um, uh, but I would just say... You know, you were talking about adherence as well. Adds um, some of the kind of lifestyle and social social aspects and the effects that that it can have on on those areas of your life. Um, they need to be taken into consideration. If if you're going to be implementing something like this, um, I would suggest that you know eating out with friends, having dinner with the family, it, it's going to become quite increasingly difficult um, the longer that you do this for. Yeah. And so those are all things that we definitely need to be mindful of. Yeah, I think, like you said there, it doesn't give you much leeway if you've got a very low um, uh, calorie target. Uh, you know, my I guess if I was in about 40% deficit, you know, it only gives me about 1,800 calories for the day. Mm. Um, there's not much I can do. There's not many meals I can go and have out uh, or 
I couldn't, couldn't fit many beers in that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, my, my social life will take a hit for that time period that I'd be taking an extreme weight loss approach. So these are things you've got to think about. Um, is your social calendar set up for the next few weeks that you're going to be able to stick to something? And I think the, the biggest misconception is that extreme weight loss approaches don't work because in reality they do. However, it's it all comes down to how well you're able to maintain that loss mm. once you come out of it. Um, and I think uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later like exit strategies yeah. because I think that is the most important thing I think an extreme weight loss approach can be um, a, uh, a you know it can be a, a like strategy a option, yeah it yeah. can be a viable option for some individuals um, certainly I don't think it's viable for all individuals mm. certainly people who have come to me with a history of say like um, uh, eating disorders like binge eating and things like that you know, I'm not going to be taking an extreme no. weight loss approach to, to someone like that. However, someone who has a good um, relationship oh, yeah. with food, they've built up previous good habits, um, they may have some extra fluff to lose, and they're going to be motivated by seeing the scales drop quite quickly, then, like you say, it can be a, a viable approach. Um, so maybe we should um, move on to the actual practical applications of this. Um, how, how would you set up... Um, perhaps uh, an extreme deficit to incur a, a stream, extreme weight loss each week? Well, you touched on it briefly earlier, so we definitely need to take um, protein into consideration as, as a fact of importance, um, regardless really of, um, you know, if you're somebody who's very mindful of, of body composition or not, or if you're somebody who just wants particularly quick results. Um, we should definitely try to stunt that loss in, in lean tissue as much mm -hmm. as we can. And so protein should take some level of, of importance when we're setting up this dieting uh, strategy. But I think, you know, there are def different kind of avenues that we need to look at as well. So things like nutrient timing um, is something that we should be we should be really looking at and making sure that we're, we're fitting our meals around our training and mm -hmm. we're making sure that we're well fed so that we can perform well in the gym, especially if you're somebody who is mindful of body composition. These yeah. are things that you might not necessarily have to be as mindful with if you're just, you know, in a normal dieting phase with a, a pretty standard caloric deficit. But in this extreme scenario, um, we need to pay a bit more attention to things like nutrient timing. Yeah, I think so. Would you look at perhaps um, bracketing workouts with your carbohydrate intake, you know, to make sure that you're kind of at least fueling that time of the day a little bit more. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And obviously if you're perhaps inactive at other times during the day, then you can look to reduce calorie intake a little bit during those times, reduce carb intake a little bit during those times. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think ex an extreme weight loss approach is, um, it does mean that you've got to, you've got to pay a bit more attention to the variables. So that's an extra, uh, I guess, focus of attention yeah that's a little bit more brain power that you need to use um if you're going to use that kind of approach which you might not have to even you know think about when you're just taking a, a kind of much more um i guess sustainable mm. um, approach to it um so obviously we spoke about like nutrient timing there and things like that tying in with that would you be looking for someone to just set up their diet just based upon like individual hunger kind of levels and yeah things like that? yeah definitely you can definitely work off a bit more of a not an intuitive approach in the way that you're not tracking calories and macros. I don't mean that, but you know, eating when hungry, eating when activity levels are going to be at its highest, um, as opposed to the kind of 
uh, scheduled eating habits that you might have in a normal approach to fat loss where you have your breakfast, you have a mid-morning snack, mm. you know, that might not work so well with a limited amount of calories to, to work with. And so um, I definitely, you know, feel that a more intuitive approach to your eating habits will, will definitely pay off. Um, but I don't know, Adam, if you want to touch on things like how your training might change um, if you're following this kind of approach to, to dieting. Yeah, actually, I did want to say as well, and um, just going on from um, what you said there in terms of like the hunger, um, I think this is why intermittent fasting is is something that's so effective for people and is is kind of as an approach uh, gathering more kind of um, weight uh, when it comes to these things is because in reality you can kind of you know if you're only eating between like two and eight you got those six hours. 1800 calories which for me would be yeah. not a lot of food but it would still be a, a big deficit yeah. um getting that in in a six hour period of time would probably leave me feeling pretty full for mm. you know the time period afterwards and yeah obviously i'd be asleep for the next uh you know six hours because <laughs> yeah. i never sleep um but uh but you know that would that would be an approach that would work quite well mm. as a method of incorporating obviously a, a large calorie reduction um, so that's just something I wanted to kind yeah. of touch on there. But I mean, yeah, going into like training itself, um, I would be looking to perhaps set up my training in order to, I guess, peak my performances at certain lifts and certain times of the week. Um, so I may look to actually have a, a day and I know like an undulating approach always works very quite well with this where we have days that are a little bit more higher volume. Um, we have days that are actually kind of easy days. Um, which might be a little bit more kind of technique work. And then we may have some more kind of strength focused days. And, you know, I would perhaps look at setting up my nutrition of having, okay, am I going to have a couple of days of slightly higher calorie intake leading mm. up to maybe, um, you know, a higher volume session or a session where I'm going to be pushing some heavier weights. Um, so I'm going to be looking at, okay, how can I set up my training to make sure that I'm as recovered as possible mm. for my biggest, you know, my, my squat, my deadlift, my, my bench press, my biggest mm. movements. Um, and how can I kind of manipulate my calories around that time so that I'm giving myself the most you know, bang for my buck, yeah. the most fuel in the tank? I guess it must be pretty hard. I mean, it's something that I've never tried um, to almost calorie cycle when, when your allowance is so low, yeah. when you are in that, you know, massive deficit. Um, trying to go slightly lower on some days and higher on other days, mm. I imagine to be quite difficult. Um, but certainly, you know, at least nutrient timing, uh, making sure that you're you're well fed, close to your training bouts, um, and that kind of thought process will will definitely help you along this process. But calorie cycling, I imagine, to be quite difficult once the the deficit is so severe. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the approach that I guess is is used a lot is a five two approach where mm. People go very, very low calorie on their rest days or two days during a week where they're not doing much. Mm. Um, I know if I was to do it on, say, like check-in days uh, with online clients, I might not get up on the, off the sofa apart from to train some clients. So, yeah. you know, on those days, I may be able to go lower on calories because yeah. I'm not really stepping around much. Mm. I'm pretty much on my laptop all day. And so, you know, those days might be days I would target if I was going, right, let's try and figure out how can we create a big deficit for the week what's days I can target where I'm not going to be moving much. I can take calories quite low on that day. And in reality, it doesn't really matter if my energy levels are struggling a little bit. Yeah. I can just go to bed a little bit That's earlier, it, you yeah. know? Um, so that would be maybe a practical approach of how could you 
split calories up over the week while still you know sort of paying attention to your your training performance i guess another thing that you need you need to kind of pay more attention to in in this scenario is is your recovery and so what sort of things would you be looking at um in much more detail with this approach at, potentially more so than an, a regular approach to a dieting phase yeah well you said it yourself in terms of protein um so i would say protein is the optimal actual recovery um variable that we got to think about obviously if um muscle tissue is being broken down during our training and the way that obviously we need to repair that is with protein intake that's the first thing that i'm going to pay attention to i'm going to make sure i set it on the higher end of recommendations Mm. um so i'd probably be looking at making it about probably as much as three grams per kilo if i'm going extreme Mm. you know and that means that you know carbs are going to take a hit you know they're going to have to come down in order for my protein to go up um so that's probably the first one that i would be looking at is making sure my protein is set high enough um the next thing i'd be looking at is is sleep so obviously um sleep's going to have not only going to have a big impact upon your repair and your energy levels throughout the day it's going to have a big impact upon your hunger levels um generally you know i think we've all probably been in the same boat we feel hungrier when we haven't slept as well mm. you know what i mean we have that craving for energy a little bit more because we're not we've not fully recovered yeah by getting a decent length of sleep out so that's something i'd be paying attention to um have i got like good pre-bed habits in place um you know uh am i kind of setting myself up for success with my my routines before i go to sleep so give us a give us a quick example of what uh, what you mean by good pre-bed habits and those kind of routines that you put in place to ensure that you do get a good night's sleep yeah so um i mean the first one that i would use is just avoiding any light from like electronics mm. in the hour before so it's also like the blue light mm. and how they they think it upsets your circadian rhythm which is just your naturals like your body's natural clock mm-hmm. um which just responds to your uh the light throughout the day the different shades of i think it's different shades of red i mm. think it is you like can that. actually get these protective uh, glasses can't you look yeah, like a bit yeah. of a lunatic wearing them but they, they stop that kind of light getting through uh, the retina so yeah that's it if you've got to work late on the laptop or whatever and you can't get away from it those kind of glasses to be fair are, are a good a good option um there's also apps for um i, I think the one on um iphone uh is efflux right and i think the one on android uh, that i use is called twilight um so yeah those can be useful ones they just change the hue uh, Mm. of your screen so it's a a red one um alongside that i'd probably be making sure that the bedroom itself is actually quite cool Mm. um so not going to be overly like stuffy and hot um and i'm trying to think what other and also just making sure the room is kind of dark enough quiet you know what i mean like all just the things that I'd be doing to make sure I'm getting some sound sleep, really. I guess um, it's probably a bit of a personal preference one, but I find myself that if I'm reasonably well fed before before sleeping, I tend to get a better night's sleep. But again, Definitely. something that's going to be quite difficult to do to almost draw your calories or the limited amount of calories that you do have in this in this process out to the extent of your pre-bed routine um, mm-hmm. will be quite difficult, but perhaps um, quite beneficial in the long run with with regards to adherence and making sure that you get good recovery and good sleep. Mm. Um, I think the, the kind of the other thing that we, we need to be mindful of is um, things like how we're going to make this as sustainable as possible. And like you mentioned, it is going to be quite difficult to to adhere to for a long period of time. And so how, how might we go about ensuring that 
we can do that as best we can. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of sustainability, I think the big thing is you've got to remember this this isn't a sustainable approach. Mm. Um, you've got to go into it with uh, this isn't this isn't sustainable. This is going to be an unsustainable thing. So what am I going to do to manage that unsustainability afterwards? If you know mm. what I mean, like. There's, I always use the analogy of an elastic band. So obviously the harder you pull the elastic band, the more it's going to snap back. Um, and and so you've got to be ready for that snap back. Um, now I would say the first thing on, on a, like a, I guess like a micro basis, you know, in terms of perhaps within the diet itself is actually um, diet breaks. Right. So um, if you are say going, right, I'm going to spend four weeks in a pretty extreme deficit going right after in week five i'm going to go back to maintenance for a week yeah um now obviously that's a week eating into your fat loss but you've already just you know uh, accelerated yourself for those first four weeks so don't get greedy (laughs) um and then you know you can go right okay i've had my week back at maintenance i feel normal again i'm ready to go back into my um extreme approach again and and so those little diet breaks there can be can be useful um but it's still not something i'd want to do for an extended period of time you've got to remember that this is a short-term approach and thus you can't extend it for months and months at a time. You mm. need to be like, right, let's be sensible about this. Um, so obviously we've spoken there about the kind of practical applications of, of how you could incorporate um, extreme weight loss, how you can change around your nutrition and, and how you can change your tra- uh, training around. Um, so I think the, the thing that we should move on to, and I think this is probably the most important part, is what's what's your exit strategy after coming out of this this extreme approach yeah definitely and i think the kind of overruling factor here will be uh, getting back to some level of normality uh, regardless of whether your goal is to to continue in a fat loss phase or to maintain body weight or whatever it might be we need to move away from these slightly more extreme approaches into something that's a bit more again that buzzword sustainable um and so you certainly need to to have an idea of how you're going to go about doing that so a sustainable approach obviously would mean if you're carry on if you're going to carry on the fat loss is just a smaller calorie deficit mm-hmm. um, which actually I imagine although a lot of people will be itching to to eat more food can be quite difficult for somebody to almost accept a, a slower rate of loss when they've had such great success with an extreme approach would you say yeah yeah definitely but also as well as if you've come to the end of an extreme approach and you've lost a lot of weight in a, a short amount of time you've got less body fat to pull from now yeah. so y- you shouldn't be losing as quickly because you know if you are still losing as quickly and you've got less body fat there um then you're going to start losing muscle tissue alongside that which we do obviously want to guard against yeah. um so you know first thing the extra strategy like you said it's got to be much more sensible much more sustainable um and therefore your your deficit or whatever you're doing with your calories is going to reflect that um i think as well is because extreme weight loss approaches they're generally just a way of kind of like it's like grin and bear it mm. you know so just get through it you'll reach the the you know the end goal quicker um and obviously your your reward for grinning and bearing it is you know you're going to step into that bikini or whatever Mm. you know sooner than you would have done it the other way but what that doesn't do sometimes is it doesn't set up people with habits Mm. so i think the big thing that people need to understand alongside is if you're doing an extreme weight loss approach you need to be aware that you're going to have to uh, incorporate some good behaviors around your nutrition for as soon as you come out of it 
So you can't just rebound back, and obviously this is where the yo-yo diet comes yeah. into it comes into effect. You know, people go on it and then off it because they've never set themselves up by putting habits in place. Mm. They've never changed their behaviours when it comes to food, and so that's something you need to figure out: is when you you come to the end of this extreme weight loss, how how am I going to sustain that going forward? How am I going to choose my um, nutrition in a way and measure my nutrition in a way that is going to keep me from just backtracking? back to where I started or even worse yeah um, I'm glad you you brought up um, the kind of the term rebound because although this is something that we can do this this extreme this extreme weight loss it's almost the perfect setup for a, a rebound or a yo-yo diet isn't it it's, yeah it's almost like the the um, the actual idea of or you know the classic case of a client coming to you and saying Oh, uh, you know, I, I diet for a couple of weeks, which is presumably quite extreme, quite restrictive, and then I just put all the weight back on. This is almost the perfect setup for that situation, and so yeah. an exit strategy definitely needs to be in place to ensure that that that's not the case. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well is there's all the like physiological impacts upon being in a really uh, extreme deficit. Obviously, if you're um, not eating much food, your hunger hormones are going to go flying up, um, which means that when you come to the end, you are going to feel a lot hungrier mm. than if you would have done it in a, a slower a slower way. Um, and you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be ready to think, okay, I, I'm taking calories up, but I'm still hungry. Yeah. You've got to be ready for the meals to be bigger, but for you to still feel hungry at the yeah. end of a meal. Yeah. Um, because I think that's that's another big thing is people get to the end of that stage, their meals are bigger and they they sort of expect to come to the end of it and feel full yes but if you've just happen. been in an extreme diet you're probably not going to feel that you're probably still going to feel a bit empty and you need to get used to that mm. until your body resettles itself a little bit more um and then obviously that will start going away you'll start feeling a bit more satisfied yeah w one thing i was going to ask you adam that I, I forgot to ask earlier on was would you put a sort of a cap or a limit on maybe the, the duration of something like this approach or the amount of weight loss as a percentage is there some sort of ceiling that you would put in place yeah um i mean it's going to depend upon the the individual in terms of the amount of weight they lose yeah. um because certainly for some you know for someone who's only say 150 pounds or whatever i'd be going okay let's probably not drop down more than about 20 percent of our body weight in yeah. a short period of time but for mm -hmm. someone who's say you know 350 pounds obviously a big individual then you know yeah they can they can lose a bit more in yeah, a quick sure. period of time um i probably wouldn't put someone in this kind of approach for any more than about six to eight weeks um you know not without incorporating some sort of diet breaking in there where we come back to maintenance before maybe hammering hard again but in reality i think most people's willpower probably won't last any more than about six yeah. to eight weeks on on this kind of approach definitely well you know what i think we've actually kind of exhausted the subject and that we've we've covered you know what it is how it compares to something that's a bit more uh, recognized um, and how you might practically implement those things and what to expect um, and it's it's been a really interesting topic to be honest with you it has been a bit of a short one but um, certainly something for you guys to consider if you're setting up a, a dieting phase or if you're somebody who coaches people and you you, you feel that you, you you come across somebody who might benefit from this sort of approach and actually, it's kind of changed my mindset a fair bit, to be honest, with this kind of idea. It was it was a very no-go area for me, to be honest with you, because for me, the, the overruling factor has always been adherence to sustainability. But 
actually if you've got some things in place as we've discussed there mm. you can certainly use this and, and to some great effect um, so hopefully you guys have taken something away from this too and we'll look forward to speaking to you on the next, next episode of Team No Cars Radio um, and we'll put a social media post up in the coming days and weeks um, to get some questions from you guys that we can incorporate into the next episode so thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you soon thanks guys Thanks for listening to Team No Cavs Radio. Remember, planter flexion, dorsiflexion, progressive overload, and boom, anything is possible.